You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi everyone. Welcome to the BT Powerhouse Podcast. This is episode number 67. Um. We have a, a really exciting show today. At least, <laughs> at least I think it's a pretty exciting show. We're going to be chatting about the NBA draft with uh, a special guest from today's Fast Break. It's sort of a newer NBA site, but they're doing a lot of great work. Um, I actually do some writing for the college version, which is today's view. <laughs> but um, excited to to chat here with uh, um, Joseph Nardone. Uh, he's coming in. Um, a lot of prospects to talk about, but before he gets on here for a second, a couple quick roundup notes, I guess, across the Big Ten. Um, hasn't been a ton of action here over the last few days, but certainly a, a few notable decisions coming down the pipe here. For instance, uh, Rutgers is getting a big visit um, over the weekend. Well, a couple big visits, actually. Uh, Florida transfer as well as... Um, uh, a two elite, I shouldn't say elite, but a big time 2017 recruit. So a couple, some action to watch over there. Michigan in on a potential Kentucky transfer uh, to watch over there. I'm trying to think if there's any other big news around the conference, but nothing pops to mind. But but with that, let's let's jump into the uh, the NBA chat here. Uh, Joseph, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Happy to have you on. Uh, how, how's your Friday going? I can't complain. I mean, nobody would listen, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We got uh, NBA Finals tonight, so so that'll be fun. But um, but with that, I I, I did want to. We're excited to have you on here. Um, before we get into this, why don't you just take a second to introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? Sure. Um... I'm a sports writer for Today's U, covering college basketball, and I do mostly draft stuff for Today's Fast Break, and that's it. You can find me on Twitter, at Joseph Nerdall. <laughs> that's Good about stuff. me Good stuff. Well, Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not a great self-promoter. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to let people promote themselves as well on here, so I figured I'd uh, give you the, the shout-out there. But, um, but yeah, why don't, why don't we jump into this NBA draft stuff? Still, still, what three, three and a half weeks out? Maybe less than that now. Um, regardless, coming up here, uh, I think late June, um, quicker than I thought. But <laughs> um, so, why don't before we get into the Big Ten guys here, why don't we talk about what everyone always loves, which is the number one overall pick? Um, I believe Philly has it this year. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, anything interesting? I know a lot of people are pegging Ben Simmons, but um, I've noticed there are kinds of there seems to be a split of opinions on that. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ben Simmons is the better player than Brandon Ingram, who is the other option, I guess, at one. Um, Philadelphia has about 9,000 big guys. They have Okafor, they have Embiid, <laughs> Sarich is coming over, although he could play small forward. Um, they're trying to move Noel, apparently. 
I think I think Philly's so bad that you have to draft. You still have to draft best player available, and if that's Simmons, so be it. And then you move Noel if you can, maybe get a, a talented point guard or some more assets for down the line. They're still a long ways away from being any good. So, and I'm not as high on Brandon Ingram as other people. Um, I know he projects now to be a small forward. Um, he has a really slow shooting release. Um, and he's trying to bulk up too, which is weird. So I don't know if he realizes if he's going to be a small forward or a power forward at the next level. Um, so I think Philly's safe for bet is just go with the guy that you know is at worst an athletic freak who does a lot of things really well. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It's just always interesting to watch the the hype machine start to go <laughs> every year for the NBA draft. But um, with the big one out of the way, let's get into some of the, the Big Ten prospects. Um, two, I, I guess one of the, the more interesting and, and well-known prospects here comes from Michigan State, uh, Denzel Valentine. Um, looks like he's kind of a, a fringe lottery pick at this point, I guess, depending on your – mock draft of choice. Um, what are your thoughts on Valentine, and, and where do you think might be a, a good fit for him? Well, this is tough. Um, draft Express currently has him at 23, I think. Um, of all the mock drafts, I usually trust there's the best, even though they tend to update it every three days. So Valentine might be in the lottery <laughs> by tomorrow. Um, I like him. Um, he has good size for either guard position. Uh, he's 6'6 six, six and 2 in, in shoes. That's what he measured in last. 6'10 um, wingspan, which is pretty pretty good for either guard. It's really good for the point guard position. It's solid for the shooting guard position. Um, he could shoot. Um, he's not like a Buddy Heel type of scorer, but he's not incompetent. His, his issue at the next level, as it is with almost every other guard, is will he be able to create enough space to create offense? Um, but he's not like a turnover prone guard. Um, if you're getting him outside the lottery, as it is with any other pick, you're not really hoping for much. You're really hoping for, at best, a role player. And uh, considering he's developed over the years at Michigan State, he can still uh, be somebody's backup utility guard um, for a good team. So if he falls to, like, maybe Boston at 23, that wouldn't be a horrible spot for him. If he fell to a team where – or if he moved up in the in the mock and he was on a team that needs him to do a lot, I don't think that's necessarily a great fit for him. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he'll be an interesting one. I um I kind of have mixed thoughts on him as a as a draft prospect, but I will I will ask you though because I hear this all the time. Obviously, Michigan State a couple years ago had the. Uh, I guess the the Cinderella prospect of at least the last few years, you know, Draymond Green going in the second round, turning into a legitimate NBA superstar, um, I guess star depending on your opinion. But um, do you see any similarities, or is it really just they both came out of Michigan State? Um, I mean, if you're really fishing for similarities, I guess Valentine (laughs) rebounds at a really good rate, Um, 8.5 defensive rebounds per 40. But he's not – a super, I mean, even using hindsight, like we didn't know Draymond would be Draymond, so I don't want to say anything's possible, but Draymond Green turned out to be something really, really special. So just because Valentine plays at Michigan State, I don't think anybody should take that jump. That uh, and They're not even similar players. Valentine comes in more polished <laughs> offensively, not as good defensively. Draymond's just like a beast. Valentine, not that he's soft, but he's not that kind of player, so 
No, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, but you, you hear it a lot, so I figured I'd throw it out there. Um, but but moving into the other Spartan who's projected in the first round right now, uh, Deontay Davis, uh, local kid, comes out of northern Michigan, plays at Michigan State for a year, uh, kind of up and down first year, but getting a lot of draft type. Um, similar question, uh, how do you see him fitting in at the next level, and, and where do you think might be a good landing spot for him? Um, I like him more than Denzel Valentine, which I think most people do. Um, his rise to uh, to being a lottery selection is pretty neat because coming out of high school, I don't think anybody had him projected as being like a one-and-done type of player. Um, 6'11", mm-hmm. another guy with good wingspan, 7'3", I think it's at. He's good. His true shooting percentage is 61%. You would think he'd be a better like jump shooter. Um, because he's really good mechanics and stuff like that, but he's not a great jump shooter yet. But it does like lend me to believe that maybe he'll be able to develop into being a better jump shooter. Um, there's obviously question marks because he's inconsistent. He's young. You're banking on potential, which is nobody actually knows what potential really is. We just confuse youth and athleticism and say that's potential. So we have no idea. His standing reach is like nine feet though, which is pretty incredible. Um, out of all out of all the Big Ten prospects, he's the one I like the most. But I don't think that's really saying much because I think it's pretty much unanimous in in the thought process that he's the best of the Big Ten prospects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he'll be an interesting one. Um, like you said, I I definitely I like think him, he has the the raw pieces. But oh, go ahead. Yeah, I don't like him. Like it's weird. He's, he like he's projected to be a power forward or a center. I like a lot of other power forwards more than him. Um, but if we're strictly speaking in centers, then I only like one guy more than him. But if we're just lumping all big men in, like I like eight guys more than I like Deontay Davis, which obviously <laughs> isn't great. But not that I'm, I'm the – if I was that smart, if I'm that smart, I'd be a general manager somewhere. So it's not like my word is gospel on these type, type of things. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I – um. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys where he, he really fought to get into that lineup at Michigan State last year, but um, at least, you know, the NBA teams, they they always love the potential and the, the raw size. So um, I'm sure he'll be interesting to watch and, and see if he can get in the lottery there. Um, mo- moving on to a, another Big Ten team here, uh, Maryland has a, a couple guys who look like they're at least in the discussion to get drafted. They have Diamond Stone, who looks like a pretty safe bet to at least get picked. Um, and then they have Robert Carter and Jake Lehman, who both look like they will be fighting um, in the second round at least. Uh, what, what are your opinions? Any thoughts on any of those three? Um, who do you think has the most potential? And I guess out of Carter and Lehman, who, who do you think has, is more likely to get picked? Carter way more than Lehman. Um, I think they both get selected, um, which is really odd when you consider when you have all these Maryland guys get drafted, and you can then argue. And I'm a big Maryland like I'm not. They're not my team, but I always liked rooting for Maryland beating back to Juan Dixon. You could argue that they really underperformed, considering that they're gonna have all these guys drafted. But Robert Carter is the more intriguing prospect, although he's really undersized. Um, his wingspan makes up for, but like in shoes. At the combine, he was six eight, and he's more of a center than a power forward. His wingspan seven three, so there's issues, but he's really strong. Um, he won't have issues matching up with other big men in the NBA as far as that goes, unless they're lengthier. Um, 
I just he's going to be limited at the next level. He's not going to score a lot. You're going to bank on him to be a rebounder, a defender, and he only averaged seven rebounds per game in college. He also only played like 26 minutes per game last season, so like that's a bit misleading stat. But like when you're already falling into the second round, these are all super flawed, super flawed talents that you know you're you're just hoping you get lucky and they're maybe. The, the system in college held them held them back from being a better player than they are. Carter's already 22 years old, so I imagine summer he'll get drafted somewhere in the 40s or 50s. He'll get a chance in summer league, and if he doesn't shine in summer league, he's just going to be cut, and then he'll be in the D league or overseas somewhere. And Lehman Lehman, I don't see anywhere near an actual NBA roster. He'll get drafted, but I don't see him being on the NBA roster at all. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And any thoughts on Stone as well? Yeah, um Stone's gonna be late first rounder, early second rounder type, I guess. Um he's another guy, another another big man. Um six nine, six ten, seven two wingspan. Um I worry about him because he fl- his weight fluctuates crazy and that was in college, so you got to figure that NBA schedule where you're on the road all the time. You could be on the road for 10 days at a clip even. It's not going to create the healthiest eating habits for a guy. Um, not that, it, like, obviously you don't know what his work ethic is. You could say his weight went up and down because of his frame, which isn't his fault, but at the same time, when you're on the road all the time, you're just going to eat unhealthier. So if he blows up, it could be a late Derek Coleman situation. <laughs> where a guy can just eat himself out of the league. And I'm not saying that's what he's going to do. I'm just saying that's that's a concern I would have. I also think that's kind of why he's a back end of the first round, late second round type of thing. Uh, he's, a, he's an okay player um, as far as the NBA prospects goes. Mm-hmm. He's a back-to-the-basket guy. Um, 35% of his possessions ended up post-ups which I don't know how that well that translates to today's NBA if he's not going to be a dominant scorer. It reminds me, like, as if – and he's not as good defensively either, but, like, how New Orleans Noel is in the NBA now. Like, you have to – he's a, an elite shot blocker and rebounder who still can't score. And then you have somebody like Diamond Stone who doesn't do any, any of those things elite. So I don't know necessarily where he would fit. <laughs> I know I'm yeah, saying, so yeah, I'm, I, it sounds like I'm crushing all the Big Ten guys, but I'm not. But I feel, these, like, really, you know what ends up happening is we all get excited for the draft. We talk all these guys up, and, like, nine of them end up mattering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to be to be fair, I mean, I, I think the Big Ten has a few guys in this draft who have the chance to stick in the league, you know, for a long time. But, you know, if you're not landing guys in the lottery, you're typically not projecting them to be mega stars, um, yeah. fair or not. So uh, it, it, it's definitely not surprising. I mean, every every guy, you know, they would be going number one if they didn't have holes in their game. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I, I um, <laughs> um, now let me ask you this on Stone before before we move on. Um, I wanted to just throw this out on a couple of guys. I know a lot of people don't like to answer this. You know, it's not their decision, blah, blah, blah. But do you think he isn't one of those guys who should have come back for another year? Oh. 
Man, that's a tough <laughs> question. My, my natural reaction is always, if they're like, they can do what they want. But if I'm him and I'm a fringe first rounder, maybe a second rounder, and you have Melo Trimble coming back, and you'd probably be featured mm-hmm. more offensive, and you have a chance to jump up, although the next incoming recruiting class for everybody supposedly insane. But in theory, he could re- he could get that guaranteed contract if he came back next year, which is what the first-rounders get. Second-rounders don't, and there's a chance he could fall to the second round. So I, if I was him, I probably would have came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to watch. It's it's always a it's always one of the most intriguing things for me is watching the the first second fringe guys <laughs> on on draft night or so. But but with that, um, let's move on from the the Maryland guys here and uh, talk about the Big Ten's best center last year, which was AJ Hammonds. He he was a senior, so he didn't have the option to come back. But um, <laughs> big time defensive stopper, and he's. He's hoping to make an impact in the NBA. Um, what, what do you make of his chances? I like him a lot. I know he's project, relatively speaking. I like him a lot. I know he's projected to go in the, the second round. Um, he is. He's he's built ready to play now. Um, seven footer, like he's built like a pro wrestler in a kind of a way. Um, he's a good shot blocker. He's pretty good off the ball defensively. He has a decent touch around the basket. Um, his, his mid-range game is weird because it looks like he should be better at hitting mid-range jumpers, but the numbers don't back it up. So maybe that's a, a uh, thing that he can work on to fix. Um, his knock is that he's going to be 24 years old before the next NBA season already starts. But, man, he's improved season over season, and he's ready to go right away. And I think in the second round, you'd actually be drafting a guy, which and this is rare for second-round players, that's going to actually make the NBA, an NBA roster, roster the season he was drafted in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I to me, if you're a team looking for a, a ready backup uh, center, he, he is a guy to grab because he's – I don't want to say he's perfectly polished because, again, you know, we're talking about a guy who's probably going to go in the second round, but – I mean, you're not you're not going to find a much better defender out there. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I think he was all Big Ten defensive team at least two or three years, and well well deserved. Um, but uh, but moving on from him, uh, uh, one that a prospect that is very close to my heart, um, <laughs> Karis Levert from Michigan, um, who has went through a very frustrating last two years because of injury. Um, he's now headed to the NBA draft, hoping to get, I mean, at one point he was a lottery pick um, before the injuries. Now it looks like he's a second round guy. Um, what are your thoughts on Levert? Uh, I think we didn't have the, the stress fracture, which was the issue for both seasons, really. Um, he'd still probably be a lottery mm-hmm. pick. There's no reason not to like him. Um, He's fallen all the way in most mock drafts to the second round, although he's unanimous, like, consensus. I can't even say the word. Most people agree that he's a sleep, like, he's the diamond in the rough sleeper pick of the draft of the second round. Because if it wasn't for the injuries, he'd be a lottery pick. There's nothing not to, like, there's nothing in his game where you go, he doesn't have room to get better, or he won't be able to get better at shooting or defense or attacking the rim or ball handling, everything's there. He's always shown an ability to progress and reach a next level of basketball, and then he gets hurt, which is really the only knock you could have for him. Because I don't know how you could watch 
games he's actually played in when healthy and not be like, wow, this guy has all the physicals, all the measure, measurables. He's pretty pretty high basketball IQ. And not say, like, hey, like we should we should uh, draft. Like, he made 40% of the three-pointers during his whole college career. That's, like, pretty insane for a guy who couldn't stay on the court. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I... I, I mean, I understand the injury thing. You know, you don't want to waste a pick on a guy who, you know, there is a chance. I mean, he's been out for basically two years. But, man, I mean, it. you, you know, you're looking at those first, second round, uh, you know, fringe type of guys like we were just talking about. And, I mean, nobody has the skill set that he has. I, I will say that flat out, in my opinion. Um, my only, know, we'll, my we'll only concern I have. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. My only concern I have for him, like, he's great coming off screens and shooting. But, like, off the ball shooting, um, he's pretty bad. Um, he only could score – he only shoots 28% off the dribble. And in the NBA, that's, like, that's a huge concern. But I also think that factors into him not being able to um, – which is not his fault, being able to stay in rhythm because during the middle of se- – like, during seasons. And it's really hard to improve your game when you're constantly having to go back to rehab an injury. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the thing, too, is if, if you factor, if you kind of step back and look at his roles each year, you know, first year he came off the bench on that Final Four team. Second year he's, I mean, he's he's second fiddle to, you know, you have Nick Stauskas who was uh, lights out uh, his sophomore year. Um, and really third year is when he started emerging and, uh, Michigan just didn't really have much around him that year. And then, you know, you go down to injury, and, and since then he, he never really had the full chance. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I I mean, at least for me, if I'm a team around that range, I mean, it, it'd be hard for me to pass up on him unless, you know, my medical staff was not confident in his ability to recover, which they may not be. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, be, I, I imagine. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh, I, I was just saying, yeah, it, it'll he'll be an interesting guy to watch, and, and certainly one of the the wild cards of the second round, I would think. <laughs> but yeah, um, he, but he he's he's an interesting prospect because he would have been a lottery pick had he stayed healthy. And now, like you said, assuming medical staff say he's fine in the second round, he could be like a legit steal. And then you're all, and as a role play, if you're only drafting him to be a role player. And what I said before about him not being great off the dribble doesn't even matter because you're not asking him to be a shot creator. You're asking him to fill a different kind of role. And if you're getting a guy in the second round that could be a seventh, eighth, or ninth guy on your bench, you draft it really well because most guys in the second round don't actually play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, but at least, at least, um, but with him. I think we've made it through all the guys who at least are projected by Draft Express to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I have their their mock up here. Uh, full, I should say Big Ten guys. Um, so I'm just going to throw out a couple of the the more successful Big Ten players last year who are eligible um, slash have entered the draft and who are going to have to fight to get drafted on draft night or fight to get on a roster. Um, just let me know your thoughts if any of these guys perk your interest or if you think any of them will make a roster. Um, so we'll just go Yogi Farrell uh, from Indiana, uh, Siobhan Shields from Nebraska, uh, Rashid Suleiman from Maryland, and then uh, Jared, U- oh, Jared Utah from Iowa, and Troy Williams from Indiana. Um, 
any of those guys you think is going to make a roster, or are they going to have to uh, spend some time in the D League or overseas? The Odhoff thing is mind-boggling to me. There was a point where he, like, a point during this season where he was a lottery. He was projected to go in the lottery. And ever since the season ended, it, I don't know if it's his measurables or and he didn't have a great NBA combine. He just dropped completely off the radar. And I really like his game, especially with the NBA now becoming smaller. And you could picture him as a stretch four or even a very small five. Um, I know in the combine they worked him out as a small forward, and that's where a lot of flaws started popping out. But he's not athletic. He's not great with the ball. Like, he's not great with the dribble. Um, I'm just shocked that he's fallen this far off the radar where people are now considering him not like a draftable prospect. I imagine he, out of all the names you mentioned, has the quickest chance to get to the NBA, even if he goes undrafted. Um, Yogi Ferrell, I like him a lot. His Indiana career was tremendous. Um, I don't see him being an NBA player at all, if ever. I imagine he takes the route. Like an Adhoff or a Solomon might take the D League route because they're closer to being realistic NBA players. Where Farrell probably is never going to be an NBA player, so he'll probably take the money somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, what What are your thoughts on Utah? I, I love him. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's good. I think he fits. I think he fits the end, the way the NBA is supposedly going now. I. I like him as uh, a four or five. I think he's going to be a, uh, a liability on man-to-man defense. He's still going to have power, but it'll help on off-ball defense because he's a good shot blocker. I think he can stretch the floor on offense. He's not going to be able to create his own shot. He's not going to be able to attack the basket. He's not going to be able to play with the back to his basket. But if you need a guy to come off the bench and he needs the floor stretched, he could give you 12 to 14 minutes of really good basketball and a rebound. And you're not gonna. Have, it's not gonna be an abomination of a basketball player. I can't think of many power forwards, like backup power forwards or centers in the NBA, where I go, that guy is measurably better than what I see Jared Allen being. And so that's why it's shocking mm-hmm. to me that he's not even he's not even projected to get drafted anymore. Because I had I had him. I had like I literally like a month ago when I was going through all these these guys and. Um, my first reaction was to have him be a top 25 pick. And now nobody else thinks he is. So either I'm really, really dumb or everybody else is. So we're going to assume I'm dumb. But uh, uh, because if everybody else thinks he's not even a draftable player and I have him going in the first round, then I'm probably the idiot. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I don't get it. Because, I mean, the guy just balled out last year. I mean, he was he was fantastic in the Big Ten. And it, it's just shocking because um, – yeah, it, it didn't seem like he really – he created a lot for himself. He had a lot of different things he brought to the team. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of shocking. And who knows, may, maybe the, the mocks are off and, and he will end up getting drafted on draft night. Um, but, uh, but yeah, one, one final question here uh, regarding the draft. Um, just a couple other interesting names who at least they're getting some NBA workouts, so at least there's some interest out there. Um, I assume none of these guys are going to get drafted. They're going to have to end up in the uh, – they'll be in the summer league, I, I'm i sure, and um, we'll see if they can spur some interest. Uh, out of these guys, who do you think has uh, the highest chance of, uh, I guess, getting some 
serious NBA interest after the summer league. Uh, Matt Costello from Michigan State, Trey Demps from Northwestern, um, Bryn Forbes from Michigan State. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I have on here. So Demps, Costello, or Bryn Forbes from uh, Michigan State. Oh, man. Um, uh, <laughs> I, because I don't, I don't see any of them really getting I, – I think they'll all get a summer league chance. Um, I don't know how seriously mm-hmm. any of them will get a look um, unless they just absolutely destroy it uh, in the summer league. It's tough because, I mean, I guess I'm going to go with Bryn Forbes, and that's me just being because I'm most familiar with him because of all the guys you've said. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 He's not a great-sized guard. Uh, I, I really don't – I don't know what to say without it coming off. He's, he's six foot three. He's okay, and he wasn't – Super duper productive in college. He's not tremendously athletic. There's nothing that in his game where I could say like this one skill set would make it seem logical. He'd find a spot on an NBA roster. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say without being like a jerk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think any any reasonable draft person would say at this point that. He's certainly a long shot, and, and all three of those are, are major long shots. Um, at least for me, I, I agree. I think it's Forbes. And the reason for me is, you know, he was just as good, such a good three-point shooter that, you know, if he can develop anything, um, at least he has, that you know, that going for him. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, Demps was a solid shooter, but he was more of a, a volume guy uh, than an efficiency guy. And obviously uh, he's not going to get a ton of attempts in the NBA. Um, and Costello, uh, he, he just, he's not big enough, um, you know, to have any chance to, to start at center or anything in the NBA, but, um, but I'm sure all three will, will get an opportunity to play somewhere, um, professionally, whether it's in the D league or, or overseas. So we'll have to see on that. But, um, but with that, uh, Joseph, thanks for joining us. Um, before we let you out of here, um, any thoughts on tonight's NBA finals, um, and, I guess the whole series kind of as we move on here uh, towards the off season. Um, it should be fun. Uh, I hope. I hope the game's more interesting than the three blowouts we've watched so far. Um, I don't know. Like for NBA Twitter, like try to enjoy the game instead of just getting mad over everything. You know, just watch it and have fun. It's kind of the point of watching sports, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's it's been crazy this year. How many? Blowouts have been in the playoffs. Um, it's been unreal, but um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us. Looking forward to the NBA Finals and the draft, and uh, hopefully we can get you on here uh, sometime. Maybe when these guys settle onto some rosters. So, thanks again for joining. All right, thanks, brother. Thanks. Um, yeah. So again, for everyone, that was Josh of uh, sorry, Joseph Nardone from uh, Today's You slash Today's Fast Break. He covers the college basketball and also the NBA draft. Uh, so if you're if you're a college basketball fan or an NBA fan, he's definitely worth the follow. Um, he threw out his Twitter earlier on the show, um, but like I said, kind of a shorter a shorter podcast today. Um, just one guest, but we'll be on these 
recruiting decisions and potential transfer decisions here in the next week or so. I'm hoping to get another podcast on here to chat about some of that action over the weekend or early next week. But thanks again for everyone checking us out. Enjoy the finals. Enjoy the summer weather. Um, I'm Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at TBendit. And thanks again for everyone checking us out.